Welcome back, everybody, to a, another episode of Clubhouse Talk. This is a rerun, in a sense, of last year. The same four guys coming at you the week of March Madness, right before the first games. And we're going to give you the same lineup that we had last year, where we're going to break down all of our games for you, all in the first round. We'll give you our final four picks, our national championship picks. This was by far the most popular podcast that we had all of last year. So what did I have to do? I had to bring back the exact the exact same three guys right alongside me tonight to break it down. We've got four great opinions to look at it from all across the country, some Big Ten, some Big 12, some Big East perspective. We've got it all covered for you. So we'll, we're going to jump right into it. But first off, we'll, we'll go ahead and ask everybody and, and say, hey, what's up, guys? And uh, everyone, how are we doing? Brett, Nate, Ryan, good to have you guys back. Yeah, I'm doing great. Thanks for having me back, Kylie. Really enjoy doing this. Yes, happy to be here. Happy to be here. It's going to be a good time breaking it all down. I'm getting married. Well, let's go ahead and we'll start off with a congratulations there, Bucko. From hey, thank you. My, my personal thank you and uh, our personal congratulations and also congrats from the rest of the Clubhouse Talk community to you. Thank you. Thank you. Married to maybe the we'll game, ha- huh? We'll have to, uh, bring, to we'll, we'll have to maybe put together a little like Clubhouse Talk koozie or something to send you as well. That would be sweet. <laughs> I would love that. Oh, we need Clubhouse Talk merch. I would buy so much of that. Oh, maybe it's something I can look into here. And uh, maybe the fans out there will, will appreciate it just as much as you guys. So, But no, we'll, let's go ahead and we'll start breaking it down. We're just going to do this straight as you're following along on your bracket. We'll start there in the top left, kind of work our way down, work our way up to the top right, work our way down. So we'll go with the uh, the very first game in your top left corner there in the West region. And that is Gonzaga versus Georgia State. Gonzaga is the 23 and a half point favorite. This game will be played at 4.15 Eastern on TNT Thursday afternoon in Portland, Oregon. Um, obviously, it's going to be a huge Gonzaga base there in Portland, not too far away. Um, I think you can zoom on by this game fairly quickly. But, uh, you know, any chance Georgia State keeps this thing even closer, we just say, George, you know, Gonzaga's rolling this thing by 30 and we, we move on. Yeah. Um. Good luck. Good luck, Georgia State. That's all I got to say. That's that's a tough one. Yep, Gonzaga wins. Gonzaga covers. I don't know what the spread is, but they'll cover it. By a million. Yeah, Georgia State's a bad three-point shooting team. Uh, they were 18-10 and 10 in the Sun Belt. Um, they are on a 10-game win streak, which I know teams get hot in March, and they make pushes in the tournament. But Gonzaga was in the Final Four last year. They're in the championship game. The return Drew Timmy is averaging 17.5 points per game this year. Um, they're led at their point guard position by Andrew Nemhard, who is averaging almost six assists. And uh, they got other guys like Chet Holmgren and Rasir Bolden to just round out the starting five. And, man, I, I don't see anywhere, any way Georgia State's going to pull off set. If Georgia State kept this thing within 15, I think every single person in the entire nation would be shocked. So good luck to them. Congrats. It's great to see Georgia State back. I mean, they pulled off a pretty ridiculous upset a few, uh, was it 2015 when Rob Hunter hit the game winning? Yeah. Uh, Missed that over guy. Baylor. 
Is that there? Wasn't there coach in a walking boot? The, yeah, the, it was, it was his, his dad, Ron it Hunter. It was his dad, Ron Hunter. Yeah, I yeah. remember that. That was yeah, a, a scooter, that was really didn't fun he? One. Yeah, he was on a scooter. He fell off. Or he fell off a stool. He was like in a stool and he fell off of it. That's that was right. awesome. That was a that was a pretty good March Madness moment there. I don't think we're going to see anything like it at all. The Panthers are they're a decent team down there in Atlanta, but they don't know what they've got going for them with Gonzaga. Yeah, but overall, Steve. So let's go ahead and <laughs> the next game, which I do think is going to be a really inter- interesting game there in the the eight nine matchup there and out in the West. Uh, region and that is Boise State Memphis. Memphis is a two and a half point favorite. Um, this game will be played also on Thursday afternoon, right before that Gonzaga game at about 1:45 Eastern. So that'll be a really early West Coast tip out there in Portland. That'll be a 10 10:45 a.m. tip. That's gonna be whack. Um, you can find that game on TNT. Uh, look, what do you guys got here? You guys got Boise, got Memphis. He's eight nine seven ten. I think this is where people get the most. Kind of flippy floppy, fifty percent games. Um, where are you guys looking? Um, I'll start it off here. Uh, I got Memphis in this game, and just about every bracket that I've made this year, and I've made six now, I believe. And uh, that's because I think Penny Hardaway has the athletes on his team that he needs to pull off a win against a Mountain West school. Um, he's got Jalen Dern and Imani Bates. They bring in an athletic front court duo, and that's gonna be tough for Boise State to guard. Um, on the boys' state side, they have uh, Abu Kiyab, who is 14.7 a game. And, I mean, they, they were eight in a tough Mountain West Conference, but like I said, I, I think athleticism is going to reign supreme here, and I, I got Memphis in this game. I watched Houston and Memphis in that championship game, and I wasn't really impressed with Memphis, but I didn't really watch Boise State either, but I'm going to go Boise State. Yeah, like Memphis, I mean, the the kind of tale of two seasons, you know, they started off slow and then they've been hot, you know, the last, um, you know, month and a half or so. And uh, so I'm going to roll with the Tigers. Um, I think Penny will, uh, yeah, they'll be able to get past them first round. Well, Brad, I do got to point out one thing that you were incorrect on, and that is uh, uh, Bates has not been with the team since I think it was January 28th when he left the team. And that was also when Memphis started to actually play their best ball, surprisingly. I think it was a little bit of a, uh, a selfish uh, if it, it's all me. And so that from that point on, Memphis has been a fantastic team. They've been one of the best six teams in the nation since that eight onwards since, uh, since Bates left the team. But I actually have Boise here. I think that it's just going to be a really weird kind of setup here. You've got Memphis going way out to the West Coast. I expect Boise to travel a decent bit over to Portland. It's not going to be too far away for them. Um, and I just – this Memphis team has been so, so hot and cold. Um, this team is good enough to give Gonzaga a run in the second game if they get through this. I, uh, But – it's weird for me to say that they're good enough to be Gonzaga and I don't even have them get past their first round matchup with Boise, but I just, I don't like this position. It's a long travel for them. I'm going to take Boise. I think that that's a really, really good team that they got out there. Um, and so yeah, we've got, we're, we're split now. We got two and two. So we'll move on to the five twelve game. And that is UConn, New Mexico state. Uh, UConn is a six and a half point favorite. You start looking at the 5-12-4-13, and that's where you start talking about a whole lot of upsets every single year. Um, you guys got any uh, 12-5s here of a uh, of the first upset on 12-5? Oh, also this game will be played t- on TNT 920 Eastern Time in Buffalo, 
or sorry, six o'clock Eastern time, Buffalo, New York. So a huge contingency for UConn. Actually, I am going to take New Mexico State here. I think they're both very athletic, love to rebound, but I just like an upset here. Yeah, um, I'm rolling with UConn. Kind of a fun fact here. Um, Brett and I, uh, when we were in high school, um, we watched the, our alma mater, Teddy Allen, transferred in, and we actually saw his first game. He was eligible um, when he he played in Nebraska high school. And so we've known Teddy Allen, you know, uh, New Mexico State uh, stud guard, kind of swing forward, kind of – he's a scorer. He can score the rock. He's been in a couple places. Um, and so kind of it's cool to see that he's landed on his feet really well at New Mexico State. And so deep down for him as a person, just because I've seen him play in person forever. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'm rolling with the Huskies. Um, seen him play Creighton a couple of times this year, and I think uh, they have what it takes to take down uh, New Mexico State. Yeah, kind of like what Nate said. I mean, this is Teddy Allen's fifth school, um, if you count junior college. Um, but, yeah, like he's – I consider him to be a Omaha guy, so I'm kind of rooting for him. But I I think UConn um, probably gets this one done. RJ and Adam Sadogo um, both average about 15 a game. Um UConn likes to make te- make teams turn it over, like to speed you up on defense. And outside of Teddy Allen, who averages nineteen point three a game, which is is pretty astounding, um, I just don't know if they have enough around him, especially if he gets in foul trouble, which he tends to do, um, to compete with a complete UConn team. Yeah, no, I've I've got UConn. I feel like New Mexico State pops up every single year in the tournament if people want to pick them for an upset. In the first round, they pop up in this like 5-12, uh, 4-13 matchup. I'm pretty sure I did it last year. I don't even know who they were playing, and I'm pretty sure I picked them last year, and they came up big time short for me. Uh I'm I've got UConn. I think that this is a fairly decent team coming out of the big big east. They can make a little bit of noise. They tend to always play well in March. Um yeah, I'm sticking with UConn. Just remember that uh, UConn lost to West Virginia. My very sad team had a very sad season. And that's a team who didn't even make the NIT. So just, I know they didn't have a couple players. UConn definitely has their ups and downs this season. I I definitely agree that. I'm not counting out New Mexico State completely. I think they just need to play an almost game and win that. And I think it's a go off for at least 30 and he's a three-level score. He can score from anywhere on this court. So, and he will shoot from the court. Let me tell you that just my personal experience, but yeah. All righty. We'll move on to the four thirteen, which I think is going to be an extremely interesting game in Buffalo, New York. This will follow that UConn, New Mexico state game. Once again, catch this game on TNT Thursday night. Um, and that is Arkansas versus Vermont. Catamounts of Vermont, the Razorbacks of Arkansas. Arkansas is a five-and-a-half-point favorite. Uh, this Arkansas team was extremely deadly at home all year. Uh, made a uh, – really didn't make – they made a lot of noise the last kind of, I'd say, month and a half of the season down the SEC schedule. Uh, fairly quick bounce there in the SEC turning. Um, where, do you guys, where do you guys see this game going? I think Arkansas bounces back here um, after getting bounced by AM. Um, I 
think they have a strong performance. I I wouldn't be surprised if they make a run. Honestly, I Note's pretty good. Or, um, what's okay. his name? Yeah, Note. Note. He's he's a stud and athletic, fast, all the above. I think he he's forces a really good steals too. Yeah. So, I got Arkansas. Yeah. Um, Coach John Becker in his 11th season at Vermont has gotten this Vermont team to the tournament multiple times. I mean, they have t- tournament experience. Players on the team have played in the big dance before, but um, J.D. Note averages 18 a game. Um, this is another team that likes to play with, play with pace and likes to turn you over on defense. And um, some of these mid-major schools like Vermont um, just don't see that on a regular basis, see the type of fast pace that a lot of your SEC uh, Big 12 teams play with. So I see I see Arkansas getting through this. Um, Kylie, do you know the spread on this? Five and a half to Arkansas. Seven and a half? Five and a half. Five and a half? Oh, I, I would take Arkansas there as well then, if you're a betting man. A fairly, fairly low spread for a, for a 513. Yeah, no doubt. Agreed. It's going to be um, some even lower ones until you get to uh, some later on. Yeah, Vermont has some guards that can that can really score it. Um, Ryan Davis and Ben Shinugu, um, both at 100% from three. So they can they can score, but like I said, I mean, you can't really score the ball if you're going to be turning it over, and that's what Arkansas loves to do. Musselman has not playing very tough defense, so. Yeah, I, I think that I've got Arkansas as well here. Uh, I, I think this is – a little bit of a trendy pick in a sense. Um, it's a it's a decent shot. I think the Catamounts more than likely have a give them a better chance than most in, in a four thirteen. Um, but I just think this is going to be way too much talent. The Catamounts' best game that they played all year, uh, or best team that they played all year, uh, they played at Providence and lost by ten. And I would tell you that Arkansas is a far, far, far better team than Providence is. So. You start putting together some common opponents, opponents like that, and yeah. So okay. I've got Arkansas getting it done. Yep, I agree. We'll do a clean sweep. I got the Razorbacks. Um, I mean, the SEC, it's been so You know, Arkansas, they're battling. They're good. They're a great team. And, uh, yep, I got the Arkansas rolling. All right. Uh, let's go to the uh, – let's go to the 6-11 matchup, which – we can't talk too terribly much about because we don't know who Alabama is going to necessarily play because they'll play the winner of Rutgers Notre Dame, which that game is currently going on as we are recording this here on Wednesday night. But do you guys have any strong opinions on this? Of do you like Alabama to roll no matter what? Do you like Rutgers Notre Dame to roll no matter what? Thoughts? I could see it going either way. Not like we said. Not sure who they will be playing, but Bama's pretty streaky. Um, you don't know what Bama you're going to get, but if you get the, if you get the good Bama, good luck to whoever wins that game tonight, but I got Bama either way. Yeah, I agree with, uh, I agree with Ryan here. I, I think I like the Rutgers Bama matchup better. I just, I'm not sure about Notre Dame, how complete of a team they are. Alabama's definitely got some players. They got some good guards on their team. J.D. Jaden Shackelford and Javon Quinterly are all very solid guards. I mean, they could play professional level someday. I think. But um, I think Rutgers hot. I mean, they end the season great. Uh, Ron Harper is going to take this team as, as he can, and 
I think it'll be a very interesting matchup, but I'm, I'm going to take I'm going to take Rutgers or Notre Dame. Yeah, Whoa. it seems like every seems like every year there's always one play-in team, first four to the final four. You know that story. I mean UCLA last year. I think uh, when Sister Jean was born the first time was loyal. <laughs> you know when they I could be wrong, but you know there's always these teams that that get hot because they get that extra game to really get the yeah. tournament jitters off. Uh, and they're better than you know the 16 in game and but i don't think i'm leaning more towards that team being indiana this year more so than um record name so um i'm rolling with uh alabama in this one not a, the scarlet knights or the fighting irish win i i got bama yeah, i've got roll tied um this team is good nate Oates is a really really good coach this team is really talented um they really faltered down the stretch but uh, I, personally, I have I have Rutgers winning that game against Notre Dame. I don't even know what the score is right now. I think that Notre Dame will, or I think that Rutgers will win that game. In if Rutgers be, plays Alabama, I think they got a better chance. I think if Baylor plays Notre Dame, they're going to absolutely steamroll Notre Dame. Personally, um, the only way you're going to beat Bama is by really good three point defense. Um, so yeah, no, I, I I like Bama. So, well, but I will say this out of the uh, we'll, we'll talk about some more on other ones, but out of the 611 matchups, the six seeds are just 21 and 23 uh, against 11 seeds since 2010. So you've got more, you know, more times than not, the 11 seed is actually beating the six seed. Fun fact for you. Let's move on to the 314, which I have a feeling this will also be a fairly quick one for us to mull over, which will be Texas Tech, Montana State. Texas Tech is a 15 and a half point favorite. This game will be out there in San Diego, California on Friday afternoon, um, being played at 115 Eastern. So there'll be another really early West Coast tip at what, 1045. But you guys have uh, any chance Montana State hangs around with Texas Tech, or are we, are we talking a Red Raiders role? No chance. Tech's battle-tested. They're out on the Big 12 all year, and I could see them making a big run. They they got no chance. In, they got no chance in this game. Montana yep, State like Texas. No chance. Yep, Texas Tech, big, no cover. I mean, yeah, they beat Baylor, beat Baylor twice. They've beaten your volunteers, Kylie. Um, I, th- I think, yeah, just a battle-tested, as Ryan said. Yeah, I'll, uh, I'll save you a year off your life and not give you all the stats on this, and I'll just tell you, Texas Tech will, Tech will roll here. Yeah, Texas Tech rolls. So, good deal. Uh, if, we, uh, if we call this wrong, then uh, you guys can all tweet at us and call us all idiots. Um, I will give each of, each of you their uh, social media handles if you need it. Uh, moving on to Michigan State-Davidson, which I do think is going to be a really fun game down there in Greenville. Um, Michigan State is a one and a half point favorite. Here we are on a 7 10 matchup. I mentioned earlier the 8 9, 7 10. So those are your real 50 50 games. Uh, where do you guys see this one? Um, I got Sparty here. Um, they play a pretty deep rotation. They go under 12 every game. Uh, I think Max Chris, the freshman, is the key to this team. Um, they're actually undefeated in games in which he scores 12 or more points, funny enough. Um, I, I, I Davidson's a bad team. They got some pretty good guard play. Um, their top two scorers are guards. They're both averaging 16 a game. And the whole team can shoot the three. Uh, that's what they like to do. But I think uh, our boy Izzo is going to 
them playing some tough defense and make and turn the ball over, and there's going to be too much. Yeah, I like Izzo. Not all at once. I'd like to see the Izzo Coach K matchup someday. Yeah, I think we were both just super excited there to talk about Izzo. Yeah. I think that I think my, my one of my favorite moments of this college basketball season was after the Howard right hook fallout when uh, Izzo talked about the, about the importance, you know, of raising men um, and coaching up men and saying, hey, kick, you shake a man's hand, you congratulate that. And, um, he just had a great press conference. So if you haven't heard that, look it up. Um, it's just a great two-minute soundbite from him breaking it down. And he just, I, I, I love the way he coaches. He, you know, he, he loves his players. Um, he's an old soul. I mean, he is old. And, but uh, is so I'm cheering for him, rooting for him. They've had an up and down year, um, but I like to win here. Yeah, um, I, I've got Sparty in this game. Um, I think that both these teams, both of them could fill it up from three big time. I think Michigan is top. Michigan State is in the top 25 in three point shooting. Davidson is in the top 15. I'm not surprised if I'm not uh, wrong in three point shooting. So both teams can do it. But the committee put Michigan State right on top of Duke. Yeah. I know that they did this all on purpose so that we can get one last Tom Izzo, Coach K reunion game on Coach K's farewell tour. And I have a really hard time believing that Sparty is not going to get some favorable calls. And Duke's gonna, we're gonna talk about the next game. Duke's gonna roll Cal State Fullerton, and we're gonna get to see Tom Izzo play Coach K in Greenville, South Carolina. And it's gonna be 95% Duke fans in that arena. And we're gonna watch this on Coach K's farewell tour. I just I'll have a really hard time seeing anything else than that. So, any, any disagreements here on that one? <laughs> nope. 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 Duke's got too much talent. They're not losing first round. No, no disagreement. I mean, I think it's been encouraging though seeing, you know, Coach K this whole year. He hasn't made it about himself. You know, he he just, you know, he he's just been very humble through it all and um heavy. I'm sure they're gonna have an open mic set up for him after that second round matchup. So he can just give a 30 minute monologue to Tom Izzo about all the time no, they're great no. matchups. I don't know. If that's, Coach K, he's a legend, but uh I think we've uh, we've had enough Coach K of the farewell tour this year. So, yep, I think Michigan State second round matchup. Um, we're on for that. Yeah. Good. Uh, and another one. I think we will go fairly on fairly quickly through, which will be uh, Baylor. Now we're into the where that was the end of the West Region, by the way, and now we'll move ourselves over to the this would be the East Region. Baylor, the number one seed, will be playing the number 16, 16 seed, Norfolk State. Uh, Baylor is a 20-and-a-half point favorite. I think this is actually a huge number, in my opinion, for Baylor. Norfolk State's not that terrible of a team. I'm not saying Norfolk State is going to keep this thing or you know, win this game outright, but I, I, do have Nor- I do think Norfolk State can cover this game. This will be at 2 p.m. Eastern TBS Thursday. Uh, Fort Worth be played out in Fort Worth, Texas. Where do you guys uh, see this? Do 
Is Norfolk, am I crazy for the Norfolk State can keep this thing close for a little while and kind of yeah, every year it seems like you get that one one seed that they struggle for you know it's a 40 minute game, they struggle for 30 minutes of the game and then they kind of blow it out the last 10 minutes. I, I kind of see this one as that game for me. I can see that being Baylor this year. I mean, they're a really good team. I could see them getting bounced early, or I could see them in the national championship again. But I don't I think it'll be a big win for them, but I wouldn't be surprised if they all kept it close, but we'll see. I agree with Brian there. Um, I mean, Baylor is finally healthy. They've had series this year. So just their full team at strength at the right time and um, just being who they are returning uh, national champions. I, I don't see them losing this game. Yeah, unless Kyle O'Quinn is back and strapping up the Nikes um, for Norfolk State. Um, yeah, I like, I like Baylor big. Oh, boy. We work on your pronunciation. <laughs> what was that, 2005 when they beat Missouri, I think? That was 2012 or in eighth grade. I was at that game. It was in Omaha. It was, was a it really? four, 14 to 14 game. 14 seed Norfolk State with uh, yeah, yeah. It was, I think, uh, it was the same day that Lehigh upset Duke. Yep, what a day that was! I'd like to see another Duke upset here, too. I'm sure we'll see at least one of these teams go down. Oh, yeah, let's uh, March. That's why March is this. I would say this next game, the eight nine matchup, is probably in my top. It's definitely my top five. Might be my top three most anticipated game of the weekend or round. <clears throat> that is North Carolina Marquette. North Carolina is a three and a half point favorite as the eight seed there. Uh, you can find this game at 430 on TBS on Thursday afternoon. Once again, another Fort Worth, Texas game. Uh, so not too much of a home crowd for either one of those teams. I'm sure North Carolina will travel well, but Texas is a far way to go from North Carolina. So, uh, UNC, Marquette, I think I have a feeling where Brett might go with this one, but I'm more curious to see where, where Nate and Ryan go with this one. So, we'll start there. I, I like Marquette just because ball head coach over there. Um, Little Shaka? Yeah, I'll be bald one day, so I feel for him. And I, I'm, I'm not really too high on the ACC um, other than Vatek and you'll – Hear about that later, but um, I'm going with Coach Baldy and Marquette. Yeah, I mean, this game, it's tough. I mean, both teams have been up and down all year. Um, but I, I'm going to roll with UNC. I mean, just I think they're just going to, they're riding high after the big upset over Duke. And um, I think they're going to carry that over with Baycott um, in the middle, holding it down for him. Yeah, um, this is a tough game for me to pick. Uh, I think I think NC's got some big, good big guys. Uh, Marta Baycott, obviously, and then Dawson Grant or Dawson Garcia, who is actually a Marquette transfer. Funny enough that they match these two teams up against each other. It's almost like they want storylines. Uh, I'm going to go with Marquette here. Justin Lewis, uh, all Big East player, seventeen and eight a game. They shoot the three, and then they got a whole slew of other guards and a few forwards who can chuck it from deep as well. Um, and Jimmy Shaka Smart obviously has proven he knows how to win in March. Um, 
with his days back at VCU. So I'm going to go with Marquette here. It's like you think that the committee doesn't care about uh, the quality of seating and that they just want storylines. That's what it sounded like you were insinuating a little bit. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll, I'll get to that mortar in our uh, eight nine matchup in the uh, Midwest region. Um. So no, I I I'm with I'm with Nate on this one. I've got UNC. I think the UNC actually is really hitting their stride at the right time of year. Um, Marquette has fallen off in the month of February. They were a great team to me uh, in my bank account at the stretch between somewhere in middle of January to middle of February, and then they really fell off the map. Um, and maybe I'm a little bit sour to that, but I, I think UNC hit their stride. They ran into a huge buzzsaw there in New York against Vatek. Um, I don't take much into that. They were just a team on a destiny up there. And so I've got, I got UNC pull this out. I, I'm going to take them uh, three and a half point favorite. They might cover. It's going to be a good game. It's going to be close. Probably make some free throws down the stretch. It's going to be the team that, that makes their free throws, doesn't turn it over uh, in, in that type of game. Then it's just going to be straight, straight back and forth. So that's where I see that. Then you've got in the 512 St. Mary's versus Indiana. St. Mary's is a two and a half point favorite. This game is being played all the way back out in Portland, Oregon. Huge uh, advantage, in my opinion, to St. Mary's already being out there on the West Coast. Indiana just had to play in the first four game on Tuesday night against Wyoming in Dayton, Ohio. They got immediately on a plane, flew straight to Portland, Oregon, and got in at about 5 a.m. Eastern time. So 2 a.m. local time out there to Portland. Uh, got some rest, and now they're going to be playing on Thursday night. This is going to be an extremely quick turnaround, a lot of play miles for that team. Uh, is, is Indiana going to be able to kind of keep this magical March run going? They they had to win a bunch of games there in the Big Ten tournament to get themselves even into the tournament, get themselves into the playing game, or St. Mary's, who is a very capable team coming out of that West Coast Conference, going to be able to uh, advance here as the five seed. I could see St. Mary's making a run. Actually, I, I got St. Mary's. They that's the same team that beat Gonzaga by a however many. Um, they, they when they play good, they're good. I got St. Mary's. Yeah, I think it's a tough game. I think both teams are good. Um, but I'm also gonna go St. Mary's here. Logan Johnson plays with the swagger that not many other players in the country have, and like Brian alluded to, I mean they beat or they beat Gonzaga about 10 points late in the year, and they know how to win games. So I'm going to go with Sam. I'm not buying into this jet lag hype. I'm, I'm rolling with the Hoosiers. Um, I think this will be kind of a throwback game. I, I expect this game being even in the low to mid-60s. Both teams just want to slow it down, play good defense. Um, and when there's kind of these toss-up games like this, um, I, I usually like rolling with a team that is just more battle-tested. I mean, so usually that's from the tougher conference. I mean, Indiana's had 10 top 25 matchups this year, just being in the big. Team. So I, I'm in Rogers, um, but yeah, it'll be an em- enemy territory. That's for sure. With St. Mary's, I bet vastly home crowd, even though Indiana has a bigger fan base and number of people um, that's uh, definitely in that Pacific Northwest territory. Yeah, it's going to be a tough one for a lot of fans to travel, but I think they travel well, but Probably not so well on this game, but I'm right with you, Nate. I got the Hoosiers. I I, I think at a game like this, uh, as bad as Indiana has been, they're catching fire at the right time. 
And St. Mary's, they beat Gonzaga on their home floor. They did not look as competitive of a team um, when they played Gonzaga in Las Vegas in their conference championship game. So, yeah, it might be fairly home crowd driven, but it's still not the same arena. It's not the same Rams. It's not the same backdrop. It's still a neutral site for them just as much as it is Indiana. Um, I'm, I'm just going to say, Indiana, hey, maybe the jet lag helps them. They, they just get to show up and play ball. Um, might, might not be so bad. They don't have to sit there and think about it. Like like St. Mary's has been doing it since last weekend, not this previous one, the weekend before they finished up. So they've been sitting on their butts at home for a little while. Maybe they get a little stale. Indiana's been playing a lot of ball lately. Just kind of keep getting up and keep going. And then you look at the next up, you got the 413 game, and that is UCLA Akron being played out there in Portland. UCLA is a 13 and a half point favorite. Um, they're trying to get back to another Final Four after that magical run last year. They were unhealthy, they were pretty banged up for most of the year, getting healthy now this time of year. Where do you guys see uh, UCLA Akron? Uh, I got, baby. Okay, Bill Walton. Uh, but. I also have UCLA here. Um, I don't love them going deep into the tournament, but I don't think Akron's that great of a team. Juzang uh, can can score the ball, and I think Tiger Campbell is one of the best uh, best point guards and best leaders in the country. So, uh, give me the Bruins here. Yeah, they're so fun to watch. I mean, I just it, there was just so yeah such a watching that run last year um and yeah with most of those same pieces back i think that experience is going to be huge even if you know they came in preseason top three i think um even if they didn't quite live up to those expectations i think that you know that experience that they had from last year can just help flip a switch that not many other teams had um since they're only one of the four that made it um that far last year and so i'm rolling with the bruins big they'll cover yeah i got you. bruins big Akron doesn't stand a chance. I am laughing, though, that I'm looking at this Akron team. I was like, I wonder who they've played this year. And I remember all the way back, I think it was the very first game of the year, or maybe the second game of the year, they gave Ohio State one hell of a scare, and they only lost by Ohio State. I remember thinking at the time, of like, what is wrong with Ohio State to only lose by Akron or only beat Akron by one? Well, here we go. You got you got a conference. You got an uh, actual tournament team in Akron, so maybe it wasn't that bad of a, that, that bad of a win after all, but um, so yeah, Bruins all the way around. Let's, let's keep it rolling. Um, this next game is going to be so much fun. And that is the six eleven matchup in the East region, Texas versus Virginia tech. This game's being played up in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, not much of a home court advantage to either team. Texas probably will travel a little bit better just because it's a bigger fan base, but I can't imagine that may, you know, it's not going to be that heavy to one way or the other. So, where do you guys see, does does Virginia Tech kind of keep the Cinderella story uh, going? Or uh, is, is Texas and Chris Beard going to continue his March success? I got the Hokies run stopping here. Um, Texas brought in a bunch of transfers. Timmy Allen, Marcus Carr, Christian Bishop, Devin Askew, and Dylan Disu. All transferred in this year to help out this team and make it to the tournament. And I know higher expectations than being a six seed, but um, a team like this who's put together some solid wins and has one of, like I said, 
the previous game, one of the best leaders and one of the best, honestly, one of the best stories in the country with Andrew Jones and all everything came um, was um, I, I, I think this team will handle Virginia Tech and I, I can see them make a deep push into the tournament. I'm going to take the other angle here and I'm going Vatek. I think that um, that team just really, really gets along and loves and loves their teammates. And I could see them making a deep run. Yeah, I'm, I'm sticking with my gut and going with these games that you can kind of make the argument either way. I'm rolling with the team that had the tougher schedule. And I think the Big 12 was it was murderer's row this year for parts of it. Um, and I think if they can, if Texas can click at the right times, like Brett said, they just kind of brought in talent from everywhere this year. Um, and I think they're going to click um, Friday and uh, could be on the way to winning a couple, two, three games in the tournament. I love your pick, Ryan, because I got Vatek rolling this game. I am not high on Texas. I think that they have really been kind of a disaster of a team this entire season. They have yet to figure it out. I'm not going to say that they're going to figure it out magically in this game. And I think Virginia Tech is playing a little bit possessed right now. Every year, there's a Cinderella team. This team caught ridiculous fire up there in Brooklyn. And maybe it was just four days in a row that they got hot and they were making their shots and they could show up in Milwaukee and they could brick everything and they're going to get run out of the gym by 20. And I wouldn't be the least bit surprised, but at this point, I have no reason to trust Texas. And so you've got to have some six elevens and this is, this one's mine. I I've got Bob tech in this one. I like this Virginia tech team pretty well. It's going to be, be interesting how far uh, to see this team go, in my opinion. Uh, you look at the 314 there, just below them, also being played in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. This game will be in on Friday afternoon at 2 p.m. Eastern. Purdue versus Yale. You got the Ivy League champs in Yale. Purdue, a pretty perennial top four or five team the whole season um, until very late. In the year, they had a couple losses. They're coming down the stretch. Uh, any chance Yale gives Purdue some fits, or is uh, Zach Eady and and the boys are they rolling? Yeah, I have so, not watched a single minute. I have not watched a single minute of that Yale team, and I, I I'm going all, all Purdue here. Um, I'm agreeing with Ryan. Uh, I think Purdue is a pretty complete team, and it always seems like every year they have one dude who's like seven foot three or something like that. That's Zaggy. He, he doesn't block a ton of shots. Surprisingly, it's only about uh, one or two a game, but um, they got a guard, Javen, Ivy, Jaden Ivy, who's one of the most electric players in the country. He can shoot it and he can dunk it like no one else. And I, I don't see a bunch of nerds from uh, Yale making, making headlines here and upsetting them. I can see Purdue going far. Yeah, Purdue's a great team. Yeah, and unless they, yeah, unless Yale's showing up with somebody that can match up with that seven foot five, nineteen year old from Canada, I, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't see anything happening. I think Purdue rolls. Watched a small little bit of Yale this year on one dumb Friday night. Nothing else was on. Flipped the channels and found some Ivy League basketball, but that's about it. Purdue, I, I've got some concerns about them deeper in the tournament. We can get to later. Um, their defensive, their defense is horrible. 
Um, but I don't think this is gonna be a problem for them in the first game. I, I've got pretty big. I think this is gonna be a pretty easy game for them. Look at the 7-10 in that region, and that is gonna be this game will be played on Thursday night in Indianapolis. And this will be a really interesting game. I think more for I mean, obviously whoever wins this game, but I think one team or the other could give Kentucky a real scare in the second round. But we've got Murray State versus San Fran and the Dons. Murray State has lost two games the entire year. I think they're like 33-2 and two or 35-2, and two, something ridiculous. The Dons are another really solid team out of the West Coast Conference. They fought Gonzaga well. Where do you guys see this game rolling uh, out there in the 7-10 in the East? Yeah, I got a, I got Coach Matt McMahon, thirty and two Murray State team. I got them. They haven't, they didn't lose a game in conference. Uh, they got KJ Williams. He's a forward. He averages eighteen a game, and then Tevin Brown averages seventeen a game. He's a guard. Um, they're not the best shooting team. They only shoot about thirty five percent from three, so it's pretty average. But they can get up and down the court and score like no one else. Um, San Francisco did have a pretty good year. Um, they returned to the tournament for the first time since 1998. So since I've been born, they've been there once. So uh, it will be definitely an interesting game to see, but I, I got Murray State winning this. Yep, I got Murray State too. You know, experience is so big in March. And, uh, you know, Murray State still has a couple of key contributors that were freshmen, you know, on that team that made the run with John Morant when he was so electric back in, in college. And so they've been around for a few years now. I like Murray State to take down San Fran. Yeah, going 30 and two is pretty tough. Doesn't really matter what conferences that that you were in. So I got I got Murray State. I got the Dogs, baby. Give me the Dogs. I love this team. I've watched way more San Francisco basketball than I probably should have um, this year. They're a fun team to watch. Uh, I'm really scared. I think that Murray State can absolutely race past them. And I actually think Murray State has a chance to knock off Kentucky in that second round if they get there. But I got San Fran. I I just think it's going to be a little bit too much for them. Murray State hasn't seen a team of this size. They haven't seen a team this physical the entire year. Um, And I'm going to have them sneaking right on by them. I think that they're going to be a little bit more battle-tested. They've played some really good teams. I think playing Gonzaga and teams like that is going to really help them this time of year. Um, So, yeah, give me the Dons. 7-10, 7-10, give me Dons. Looking at Kentucky and St. Pete, uh, St. Peter's. Kentucky's 17.5 point favorite. This game is going to be in Indianapolis. It is going to be 100% blue there in Indy. It's like a two-hour drive from Lexington. It's absolutely stupid how many Kentucky fans are going to be there. Um, St. Peter's is actually a really good defensive team. That's about all they got going for them. <laughs> I think I think that this is going to get ugly personally. I, I like Kentucky. Big, big. Maybe in the first half, Kentucky starts off slow, and people are like, what's wrong with Kentucky? You look up in the 10-minute mark in the second half, this game's going to be 24. Yeah, uh, this is a totally different Kentucky team than what we normally see. Um, they actually have experience for once. Uh, Oscar Shibwe, um is averaging 17 and – 15 rebounds per game leading the country. And I know Ryan's probably going to hate me even mentioning Oscar Sheepway because he's he a West Virginia fan. He's a monster. He's a freak. And I don't even think St. Peter's knew people like that existed. But this this dude is 
is the guy. I mean, they got Davion Mintz also bringing veteran presence. He's a Creighton transfer. So I've, I've watched Davion for quite a while and then bringing in a, bring in Ty Ty Washington, who actually at one point was also a Creighton commit. Uh, so I'm pretty familiar with him uh, just as one of their leading scorers. I mean, I, I think there's just way too much talent on this Kentucky team for St. Peter's to even have a chance. I would, I would bet Kentucky by 30 if that was the line. I don't know what it is, but. I'm going to put my feelings aside. I'm going to put my feelings aside for this one, and I'll just say Kentucky, and that's it. I don't like Sheboy. That's all. That That's the only other thing I'll say. Nate? You, you can't argue. That guy's a freak, though. Yeah, he's a beast. Yeah, I mean, Kentucky, yeah, they're going to roll. As we'll get into more, I may have high hopes for them um, in the next couple weeks. Absolutely. Um, all right. Let's look up in the top right of your bracket in the South region, which I think I think this might be one of the hardest to get correct, in my opinion, as you start trying to fill out your bracket because there's a bunch of teams that have all seen each other, played each other, a lot of talent all over the place, a lot of talent on some low-seeded teams here, minefields all over the place, injuries in a couple teams. Um, just going to be really interesting to see how you guys uh, play this one out here. Number one, Arizona versus number 16, uh, Wright State. They rolled Brian earlier. I think they put up like 95 points or something tonight. Kind of stupid how many points they put up, but any chance they give Arizona some fits or is Zona rolling? I think Zona's rolling. Uh, Benedict uh-huh. Martin, I'm saying this wrong. Matherin is one of the best players in the country. Um, their high scoring team, average 85 points a game. I think Wright State's got some players in their team that are good. Tanner Holden and uh, Grant Bazile, both average over 18 a game. But, I mean, Arizona has looked like one of the best teams in the country all year, and I just have a really hard time even thinking that Wright State could keep this close. Yeah, I mean, Holden, he just had, what, 38 points tonight. That game just wrapped up as we're recording this on, you know, Wednesday evening. Um, But he was also going up against Bryant. When he's going up against Arizona on Friday, that's a it's a little bit different. Um, Arizona by forty. Yeah, Arizona big. Yeah, Arizona's rolling. All right. Um, the eight the eight nine matchup here: Seton Hall versus TCU. TCU, I think. My opinion, I think they're going to be slept upon a little bit of a Big Twelve team. That I know myself, I slept on them for way too long this season and started figuring it out like the last week of the season that this is an actual legit TCU team. They beat Kansas, then they turn around two days later and they go to Allen Fieldhouse and they almost beat Kansas there. Um, This team's got some goods. And I think Seton Hall is, I don't want to say a pretender, but I really don't think they're that great of a team coming out of the Big East myself. I was a little surprised to see them in the tournament. Not that surprised, a little surprised. Um, I got TCU in this game. This is going to be a late tip Friday night, way out there, West Coast in San Diego, um, at 10 p.m. Eastern Friday night. So this will be one of your last games. If not, actually, I think this will be the last game on Friday night. But, uh, yeah, I got I got the Horn Fox in the, in the nine matchup. Yeah, I uh, I saw Seton Hall play in person about two weeks ago when they came to Creighton for Creighton season finale. Um, 
but yeah, I was not very impressed. Uh, TCU has some amazing wins, kind of like you said, Kylie. Uh, give me the Horn Frogs, and I, I like in round two. Given the Horn Frogs giving Arizona a scare, honestly, I mean, I could see them pulling that off. Yep, I like TCU. I mean, Jamie Dixon, he's proved he can win. I mean, all the way back from his Pittsburgh days, and you know, now being at TCU, so uh, I like the Horn Frogs as well. TCU is no joke. That's for sure. I got TCU. Oh man, four of us on a number on an eight nine game, and we're all on the same team. Not about kiss of death. If you're filling out your bracket out there, yeah. you can book Seton Hall all the way. Um, no, seriously, I, we I mean, we're all we gave you some points. We're just TCU is a more battle tested team. We all think it's going to get it done. Um, let's look at the five twelve here, and that is going to be Houston versus UAB. Houston is one of the most interesting teams in the nation to me because. They rank out in top five in like every computer metric, and yet they just don't have the rest of the resume to go with it. I don't understand it. And here we are. Um, Houston is a five seed after coming off winning their conference championship game. UAB uh, had to win a triple overtime game over uh, in the conference USA to beat MTSU in their conference championship, but. UAB or the uh, the Blazers down there in Birmingham going to give Houston some scare, or uh, is Houston going to you know prove their computer metrics and, and get this done? This is an eight and a half point favorite to Houston, which is pretty. You start looking at the rest of the five twelves. This is by far the biggest of the five twelve spreads. Actually, yeah, no, I, yeah, I was a bigger one, but still big. Yeah, I like Houston to win and cover. You know, experience in March when I'm making these gut decisions, you know, they got four senior starters, five losses on the year. I like, I like the Cougars. Yeah. Houston as well. Yeah. I think guard play is important in March. Both these teams have great guards. Um, but I think Houston is a more complete team. Marcus Sasser is one of the best guards in the country. Uh, he can do it all. He can shoot it and get to the rim and he can facilitate. So give me Houston. Um, <laughs> I don't know about covering, but give me you know how bad I want to I want to cheer for Jelly Walker, Jelly, a.k.a. Jordan Walker. I mean, his nickname is Jelly. Do you know how much fun it would be to sit at your TV and you're going to get to scream? Go, Jelly. Go, Jelly. Go, go, Jelly. Go. I mean, talk about some fun, but no, Blazers ain't, get, all right, ain't getting it done. Um, it's going to be Houston. I, I think that they can. I would not be the least bit surprised if this is one of the five twelve upsets. Personally, I just can't get myself to do it. Um, I, I think this Houston team's got a got a little bit of fire in them. They're, they've got a final four experience of last year. Uh, I Houston. You know, Kylie, I didn't realize that Jordan Walker guy is one of the jelly guys. Do you know? Do you know the story behind his nickname? I actually don't even know the story behind it. So I don't know if you guys have ever heard of this, but you guys know what Jelly Fam is? No. Any of you? So, you know, like, you'll, when you dunk, you call it a jam? Yeah. Well, so there's this group of guys, and it was a big, like, Instagram thing a while, probably three, four years ago. So when he was in high school, that they weren't dunking, they were gelling, so they're doing all cool layups. And he was <laughs> he was all he was all into that. So that must be – That's I, where I the looked, jelly comes from. I just from. looked it up, but, yeah, that's where it comes from. I didn't realize he was this good, though. I mean, he averages tw- almost 21 a game. Oh, no, uh, he is a great player. He was the best player. I think he was conference player. You uh, – a uh, Conference USA Player of the Year, if I'm not mistaken. Hey, the guy could ball. 
Wow, mixtape legend actually makes him make something of himself. So interesting. Yeah. Maybe Jelly that game then. Maybe Jelly can get it on. All I'm saying is I think it's too many points. I think UAB covers it gives Houston scare if I got Houston to put it on. So uh look at the four thirteen matchup here in the South. And you got the fight in Illini at Illinois, seven and a half point favorites over Chattanooga who probably provided the most electric moment, I would say, in the conference tournaments, having a crazy, not just not just overtime and buzzer beater. If you go back, if you're watching that game, I believe out of the Southern Conference uh, against Furman, they had a huge lead, played horrible down the stretch. Furman ties it up on a buzzer beater, sends it to overtime. I think there were a, there was a combined two shots missed in overtime from the two teams. Nobody was missing. Everybody was making everything. It was a lot of fun. Uh, Furman hit a shot with about four seconds left. Chattanooga hits a buzzer beater three as time expires to send themselves onto the tournament. Heartbreak for Furman as they haven't been to the national, the uh, NCAA tournament since 1978, and they have finished third or better in their conference for six straight years without an appearance. But nonetheless. The mocks of Chattanooga got in. Can they give Kofi Coburn and the fight in the line? I scare. Somebody. Not all of no. Them. No. Illinois. I, I like Illinois to go on a run here, potentially even making it um, out of this, out of the South Division. You know, I, I, I've, I've been high on them all year, even though, you know, they've dropped nine games, but so, so many of those are so close. And uh, yeah, I think they're going to be able to piece it together. Um, I'm yeah. Big Kofi Coburn guy. Just too big. He's just too big. Yeah. This game, this game honestly terrifies me. I think, I think Chattanooga definitely has players to uh, has, has the players to be able to beat a team like Illinois. Um, if they can get Coburn in foul trouble, I think Curbelo's kind of struggled at times this year. Um, but unless I'll, I'll say, I'll just say this: I, I think the I think whoever's running the the stadium, I don't know where they're playing. They need to bolt down their 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 chairs because it's Chattanooga. Okay, yeah, Chattanooga has Silvio DeSouza on their team, which if you guys remember, he was the guy who about threw a chair. <laughs> At uh, a Kansas State player back when he played it, yeah, back when he played at Kansas. So bolt down those chairs, and I think uh, I think Illinois moves on. So give me give me the Illini. Yeah, no, I got the Illini. I think if I had to, if I uh, this is going to be a really popular one. I think for a lot of people, um, just because I'm getting that job done and how the game ended. But no, I got the Illini. I think that this Illini team, everyone probably has a really, really, really sour taste in their mouth after their exit, their early exit last year. To, uh, to Sister Jean, what was that, in the Sweet 16 or the round of 32? Pretty early on, they lost last year as a one seed. I think it was actually the – it was the second round because I think they were the one. Sister Jean was the eight. Um, but, no, I, I think that the Illini get it done here. I, this Illini team is good. I think they could figure their way out um, and, and make a pretty decent run here. Looking at the 6-11 game, which – we can go circles around should Michigan even be in this game? Should Michigan be in this tournament? Um, we're not going to bother with that at this point, but we're going to just talk about the fact that they're in this game and they're playing Colorado State. And Michigan is a one-and-a-half-point favorite. Even though they are the 11 seed, Colorado State is the 6 seed. 
Michigan is favored out there in Vegas. Does Vegas know something we don't? I will say Colorado State's point guard is banged up. He will be out of the game. Um, I will pull up that information of who his name is and his stats as you guys talk. But uh, this game will be in Indy. Michigan just got bounced from Indy. They will travel well to Indianapolis because that's what they do. Um, they're fan base, but, you know, Colorado State, Michigan, who you got? Uh, this is going to hurt me to make this pick. Um, I actually just got done talking to my cousin's husband about uh, this Colorado State team. Uh, one of his friends is a coach there. Um, but I'm going to I'm gonna have to pick Michigan here. Um, I think Hunter Dickinson is just too good. Um, I, I do think Colorado State definitely has some talent. Um, David Roddy, I'm not sure if that's the guy who's hurt, but he, he's, he plays big. Um, averages almost 20 a game. And then John Tanji is another player who comes off the bench. He's big, athletic guard. He's actually from Omaha, and I've watched him play before. He's he's pretty good, but uh, I, I don't see them having anyone that's able to match up with Hunter Dickinson, who's one of the best bigs in the country. So, yeah, give me, give me the Wolverines here. It was way off. It wasn't even Colorado State's player. It's actually Michigan's point. It's actually a Michigan guard. Uh, Devontae Jones is out of the opening round with a concussion. Uh, no, he's a nobody. I don't even know who so, that guy is. Uh, he's one of their starters, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, uh, he's not that good. I've watched a lot of Michigan basketball this year with my, uh, my brother-in-law's a big Michigan fan. So as long as they got their boy Dickinson healthy, they'll be, they'll be fine. I mean, as long as Colorado State has that offensive guard called David Roddy bringing the ball up the floor, but like a football guard, you know, he is, he's wide. He, it, first guy off the bus, you think this guy, he can't average 20 a game. Like, what is he? Is he the manager? Is he keeping stats? No, yeah, he's, he's dropping 20 games like Charles Barkley. Um, he's so fun to watch. Um, and I'm rolling with the – yeah, I'm going, I'm going Colorado State here. I don't, I don't trust Michigan um, at all, mainly probably because their coach is throwing haymakers in the, in the handshake line. But uh, I'm rolling with the Rams. Brandon, I know you're listening. Next time you see Nate, just smack him upside the head for even saying that. Watch out, he might have thrown some haymakers if you learn anything from Juwan Howard. <laughs> well, or or Silvio D'Souza. Screw that. I got I got Colorado State. Michigan doesn't deserve to be there, but I won't ignore that. It's fine. They're the team with the most losses in this tournament, and it came from a power five team. That is really, really rare in the NCAA tournament because typically the team with the most losses is some 16 seed that went on a stupid ride in their conference tournament and won it all, and that's how they got their on my you know pit in and they are, I think, the fifth worst team in the metrics to ever make it. This is surprising they're in. What's up, Ryan? If you think that Michigan deserves to be in it more than Texas A&M, you should probably go look in the mirror and ask yourself what's wrong with you because that it's just not right. If you think that, then you can just kind of stop listening to this podcast because clearly you're just not learning anything from anybody on this podcast. So – because uh, you're not going to change your stubborn ways. You think for some reason Michigan should be in this tournament. Um, but I, I'll say this. Maybe this is a little bit of a homer pick of who I would rather see in the second round because um, we'll talk about my boys in the game after. But I got Colorado State winning. I hope they win. <laughs> um, I don't want to see Michigan because as bad as Michigan team, as bad as Michigan is, as much as we just trash on Michigan saying they don't even deserve to be here. 
they're still a talented team. They still have guys who can ball, who could play. Jordan Howard is still a good coach. I don't want to see Michigan personally. I would much rather see Colorado State. Um, this Ram team's good, but I don't think that they've seen anything like it. Uh, I think that they'll speak by Michigan here. I, I still cannot even believe that they're going to be under this matchup. It is what it is. I'm going to take the sixth seed. So we got four round on uh, Colorado State. In the three game, three fourteen game, we just I mentioned it, uh, alluded to it. Tennessee is playing Longwood. It will be Longwood's first ever uh, NCAA tournament appearance. Tennessee is coming fresh off their SEC championship, which I will toot my own horn. I was there for every game in Tampa, and it was freaking glorious. Uh, the boys hadn't won it in forty three years. I was there. It was a damn good time. Uh, we've got Longwood. To be honest, I don't know that much about Longwood, so hopefully one of you doesn't have some crazy stat that's gonna piss me off. But uh, I got I got my balls rolling. I think that we'll. We, I don't think we're gonna try that hard. I think that it probably will be a game that's and uh, you know not in doubt for most of the game. Kind of a cruiser. Um, yeah, Tessie big. I'm picking Longwood just because Kylie just said that. Um, so everyone that's listening to this, please, please, please go change your picks. Pick Longwood. <laughs> Kylie just cursed Tennessee. No, but uh, I think Tennessee rolls here. Um, Longwood's got some good scores. Justin Hill, 17.1 points per game, but they're not keeping up with Kennedy Chandler or Santiago Vescovi. So, yeah, give me, give me the balls here. Give me the balls big. Tennessee looked like a one seed in the tournament. And I think they're going to win big here, and I think they're going to go pretty far. Boy, I so my bank account, not so much, but I'll tell you, I sure hope so. <laughs> Nate? Yeah, my only analysis about this matchup is uh, how does a school get the name Longwood? And uh, so I did some research, and in 1839, Longwood was founded as the Farmville Female Seminary Association. It was led by Solomon Lee, a Methodist minister who had taught at Randolph-Macon College, and the school flourished. And it has been just had a great history ever since. Um, it doesn't explain how the name Longwood was, uh, was landed on, um, but uh, all I know is that Tennessee is going to win by 30. Had a couple other names in there. I think another one that had something to do with just being an all-female school uh, from Farmville, Virginia. Uh, Longwood. That's about all I know about this team. Uh, them and the they're they're the Lancers. There you go. That's about what I know from, from Longwood. Um, so good for them making it. Congrats. Sorry, you're at, sorry, your road's gonna end here. Uh, <laughs> looking at the seven ten game, and this is a. This is a tough game to pick, in my opinion. You've got Ohio State, extremely talented team in the Big Ten that had some serious roller coasters in the year. And then you've got everybody's darling. I, I mean, this is everybody's Cinderella. This is, I would say, the uh, the new age uh, VCU, maybe. Uh, everyone liked to pick VCU after that big Final Four run, and then every time they made it to the tournament, everybody kept coming back to VCU time and time again. So you've got Loyola, Chicago sitting there in the 10. Uh, Ohio State's in there in the 7. Ohio State is a one-and-a-half-point favorite. This game will be bright and early, 12-15 Eastern Friday morning, early afternoon, depending upon what where you are watching this. 
Um, yeah, Buckeyes or is Sister Jean? By the way, who will be a who is a hundred and two or hundred and three will be courtside at the game again. She's still kicking. She's still pretty coherent. Um, good for her. Pretty. It is crazy. So which one, Buckeyes or Sister Jean Magic? May yeah, Sister Jean live forever. Agreed. Or Chicago. Agreed. Uh, no, I think this is a very tough game to pick. I think both teams are great. I mean, EJ Liddell has Ohio State just playing fantastic uh, towards the end of the season. But, uh, you know, give me Sister Jean in this, actually. Um, they seem to always make a run in March, and I don't see that happening this – or I don't see that ending this year. Yeah, I'm rolling with Sister Jean. Um and Loyola as well. Even though it'll be unfortunate we're, we don't get the joy of seeing Cameron Crutwig gallop up and down the court this year, um, I'm, I still am looking forward to watching them, and I think they're going to take down the Buckeyes. I got, I got Buckeyes. Um, I, 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 this Sister Jean team is really good. Um, they got some boys. They metric out really well. They're like top twenty Ken Palm, if I'm not mistaken, right around twenty. But EJ Liddell, too much talent. Big Ten battle tested. Loyola's played nobody. Um, and now I've got maybe it's a little bit of uh, hard feelings. I still am very sad because Tennessee was a part of that Cinderella Final Four run uh, with Loyola Chicago on a late buzzer beater. So I've got some I've got some sad feelings still towards uh, Sister Jean. We end up being everybody's buzzer uh, beater almost, but no, I got Buckeyes. Well, Kylie, all I gotta say is you better pick the other Jesuit school to win. We'll get to that here in a moment, Ryan. I got Loyola Chicago. I'm sitting out on my own island. All righty. Um, let's get to the final region here. Or, well, no, sorry. Before we jump past that, Nova, 15 and a half point favorite, two versus 15, playing Delaware. Delaware getting smacked. Right, I we got could have skipped it. Junior. I got Nova. You got Nova from Ryan Brett. I got Jameer Nelson Jr. Okay, Delaware. Delaware's uh, leading scorer is the great Saint Joseph. Saint Joseph Jameer Nelson's son. I didn't even know he had a son that was old enough to be in college. But no, I'm, I'm kidding. Uh, Nova big here. Colin Gillespie. Um, is phenomenal. Uh, Jay Wright said he's the greatest leader ever to wear a Villanova jersey. And I agree with him. I mean, he's been there for a million years and seems like he always plays good and clutch. So give me Nova. Yeah, I think, I think Tennessee should have had the two seed at least um, over Nova in this bracket. I don't know, watching Nova a couple times this year. Yeah, they're good, but they didn't scream like top eight team in the country by any means. Um, but whatever, we'll stop. I'll stop complaining about seating. But, yeah, I like Nova here uh, over the fighting Joe Flacco's. I'll say this about seating. Um, for all Tennessee fans out there, I think a lot of them will agree with me. Tennessee should have been a two. I think it's pretty undeniable. Tennessee should have been a two. They probably should have been a two over Duke. They definitely should have been a two over Duke. They probably should have been a two over uh, Villanova, and they also probably should have been a two over Auburn. 
Um, the only one maybe you can make an argument for is Kentucky, although we beat Kentucky two out of three times. So maybe you should say that we're two over Kentucky as well. Um, but at the end of the day, I don't hate our road. You're going to have to beat teams to win in March. Um, it is what it is. Everywhere you're going to go, you're going to have to face good teams. I don't hate our run that we have to go through. We played Nova before. We lost to Nova. Rick Barnes does well in uh, revenge games. So I like our chance to make a deep, uh, deep chance in San Antonio, possibly to New Orleans. That's well said on that topic and bounce off of that. But I'll put it up there. Uh, then finally, you've got the Midwest region. Uh, we've got number one Kansas playing Texas Southern. Jayhawks big. Hawk Chalk, for sure. Yep. Yep, I'm going with the fighting Bill Selfs. Yep. Uh, Brett, I know you will have a huge personal interest in this next game. Uh, I think this is going to be a, if you like offense, don't watch this game. If you like good defense, you will love this game. This game might not get to 60 points between either team. Uh, and that will be San Diego State, the eight seed, playing Creighton in the nine seed. Just San Diego State's a defensive mastermind of a team. They, they freely slow it down. They throttle you. Creighton has been known to get themselves into some rock fights. Uh, but I've got Creighton pulling out. Um, I think that Creighton actually – got on a run there at the end of the year. They started catching their stride a little bit, even through some injuries, uh, lose a couple of their players to the end of the year. But, no, I got Creighton. I, I like them in the nine matchup here, 8-9. Uh, and Creighton is a two-and-a-half-point dog. you got San Diego is the two-and-a-half-point favorite. So, Nate, Ryan, and then we'll finish this one off the press. Nate? Yeah, I um, – Creighton – my head and heart are uh... – are digging here um you know living in omaha my heart's telling me one thing but my head i'm gonna pick the aztecs of san diego state um i just think that creighton i mean they don't have um any positive tournament experience they're they're so young um i did i frankly i didn't expect them to make it this far um but this has been a great story um ryan hawkins one of the best stories not only in the big east this year but in um you know in the all of college basketball. Um, but uh, I think their, their run ends here and, um, I have San Diego state moving on. I got Creighton just to throw a little love at Brett. I, I don't know if you need it, but Creighton. Well, I really appreciate that, Ryan. Um, I'm gonna go with Creighton here as well. Um, and here's why, uh, like Kylie said, both these teams are going to play great defense. And the X factor in this game is not a player. It is Greg McDermott. This guy has been one of the best offensive masterminds of the past 10 years. He game plans so well. And we've, we've, we played this, not this San Diego team, but we've played San Diego in the past in non-conference. And we know how they're going to play this game. They're going to want to slow down the pace on their offensive side. They're going to want to try to turn us over which, yes, we have been a turnover-prone team this year with how many young players we have. We're starting, we, we've are starting. started three true freshmen this year. And then Ryan Kalkbrenner, who is a, technically a COVID freshman. But this team knows who they are, Creighton does, especially for how being, how, being how young they are. They know their identity. They know what they're going to need to do to get this win. 
And with a guy in the middle like Ryan Kalkbrenner, who is the Big East Defensive Player of the Year, I don't see San Diego State matching being able to match up and guard him on the offensive end, and I don't think they're going to be able to score against him on the inside. So give me the Jesuits, give me Creighton. And one other thing I, I would just like to note, uh, kind of like what I talked about earlier, is um, the selection committee seemed to love these storylines. And it's kind of funny because Arthur Kaluma, one of our true freshmen, he has a brother on the San Diego State team. And if you're telling me that Marquette, who we have beat twice, got a higher seed than Creighton, I guess they're the same seed. There's someone else. There's another Big East team. Oh, Seton Hall. Seton Hall is a higher seed than Creighton, who didn't have as good of a Big East season, who didn't go as far in the Big East and doesn't have as good of non-conference wins. You're telling me they get a higher seed than Creighton? And it wasn't because they wanted us to play San Diego State to make this matchup of the two brothers and make it a storyline? You're you're crazy. Yeah, the – they love the NCAA the tournament committee. The NCAA tournament committee had this bracket filled out on about, uh, I think, Friday afternoon, and then they just went off and uh, went drinking all weekend together and uh, had their wine and cheese at some vineyard, probably. And it seems, and I'm going off on a tangent here, but it seems like it happens. This happens to Creighton all the time because a while back, Creighton got put up against North Carolina when we had Doug McDermott and they had Harrison Barnes, and they were high school teammates, and they made a whole spectacle about that. And it always seems to happen to Creighton. There's always a big storyline of how two players from opposite teams know each other, their brothers, or that played high school together. It's it's weird how that happens. We can go days and days on the NCAA and all their Yeah, I'll I'll, uh, I'll quit my arguing about that. But Hawkeyes, Spiders, Iowa, five seed, Richmond, twelve seed. Buffalo, New York, Thursday afternoon, 310 Eastern time. The Hawkeyes are a 10.5-point favorite coming fresh off their Big Ten championship win. This Hawkeyes team is hot, hot, hot right now. A five seed has made it to the final four in, I think it is like eight straight years or something stupid. How many times a five seed makes it to the final four? But uh, I got Hawkeyes in this one. I got Hawkeyes big. Originally, got in their conference tournament. I don't think they can keep that shooting up. They were not that good of a team the rest of the year. Yeah. Give them the Hawkeyes. Yep, I agree. I like Iowa. I mean, Keegan Murray, if he played anywhere that had a, you know, had a sexier college basketball brand than Iowa, he would be a household name. He is – he – what I think he set the single-season Iowa scoring – record this year and they just had Luca Garza the last like three years who whose jersey's now in the rafters um and Keegan Murray broke that record he averaged like I think eight a game last year and this year's averaging almost 25 um he can just fill it up in a hurry and so I like the Hawkeyes to continue their hot streak yep I'm agreeing with Nate I hate to say it because I'm a Nebraskan and we cannot cheer for Iowa so I'll be cheering for Richmond but I think Iowa gets it done here. Keegan Murray is phenomenal. And, yeah, I don't see it going any other way. I know a lot of Richmond fans are very high on them blowing Iowa out for some reason. I don't understand it, but give me the Hawkeyes. At least they're confident. 
Yeah, I don't see where they're seeing a blowout at all, but at least they are confident. Right? I'm I'm gonna go with Brett. I will be cheering for Richmond, but I will regret it when Iowa wins. <laughs> as long as you put Iowa in your bracket, you won't be feeling too sorry for yourself. So um all right. The Friars and the Jackrabbits. I I know this is every this has to be the most popular upset on the board, especially when we start looking at 4, 13, 12, 5. This is the one that everybody is going to. This Jack Rabbits team is the number one three-point shooting team in the nation. Uh, Providence is a team that everyone calls lucky. They are metrically the luckiest team in the nation uh, this year, and it's not by a close margin. Providence didn't have a great Big East tournament. They looked like crap their first game against uh, Georgetown. They got rolled by Creighton in the second game. Um, Friars, Jackrabbits. Somebody give me a pick on this one because I'm struggling on this myself. I'm rolling with South Dakota State. Uh, I'll fall for the bait. I'll fall for the bait that the, you know, the trendy upset pick. Um, but uh, yeah, their guard Baylor Shireman out of Nebraska, um, tall, tall guard can fill it up. Um, Charlie Easley, um, he used to play at Nebraska. He's from Lincoln, Nebraska, another Nebraska connection. Um, they're just, yeah, they're a great team. They have been great all year too. Yeah. They, yeah. All the Nebraska connections from, yeah, from Winnebago. I mean, yeah, they, uh, yeah, they've won what twenty straight games, um, and most importantly, most importantly, my eight-month-old daughter who filled out her first bracket this year. We had her point at different teams that she wanted, and South Dakota State is going to the championship in her bracket. So I have to pick the Jackrabbits to upset the Friars here. Love it. Uh, by the way, when I mentioned that this is going to be the most popular one. Providence is a two and a half point favorite as a four seed. Two and a half points. That is all. Wow. The bucket is what Vegas is giving them. So that is why I know this is going to be really popular. Um, this game's in Buffalo, New York. I think there's going to be a pretty large contention of uh, Friar fans there. They traveled well uh, to Madison Square Garden last weekend. I think they're going to travel well to Buffalo, New York. There's, there's a lot of fans that are really into this team. Um Maybe it's uh, the contrarian way to not pick this upset, but I'm going Providence. Uh, I, I'm not been eye on this. I have not been eye on this Providence team this entire year, but I have a hard time feeling that this Jackrabbit seems going to see anything that Providence has on their team. They haven't seen it this year. They have. They're going to still have to shoot lights out in tournaments to try and pull up this team. I don't like bacon on a team that shoots a lot of threes. That is a scary, scary thing to do when it comes to tournament time because you start missing them and you will be gone quick. So I got Friars. Yeah. A little fun fact. I actually played against Baylor Charlemagne back my freshman year. And back then we were the same height. So not, not um, anymore. Yeah. I was uh, five foot four, I think. And now he's 10 foot 14. Yeah. So, so he grew a flight and you stopped growing. Yeah. Yeah, weird enough that uh, either Ryan was playing middle school basketball when he was a freshman, or Baylor Shireman was playing as a seventh grader because he's a few years younger than us, Ryan. Yeah, it was it was a reserve tournament. Well, I don't think it was my freshman year, but <laughs> okay, okay. 
But yeah, the, I I I played against him in summer too. I actually scored on the kid when he was he was a freshman. <laughs> I was a junior, but uh, yeah, um, I give me the Jackrabbits here. Um, Coach Eric Henderson has his team playing amazing. They're one of the best offenses in the country, like Kylie said. And this South Dakota State team is built for beating teams like Providence. Um, they shoot the ball great. Um, they have three players that can score from pretty much anywhere. Baylor Shireman, Douglas Wilson, and Noah Friedel. Um, and I think these 13 seeds especially, a lot of the times are really good mid-major teams. And they get matched up power five teams usually. They're, not, they're good but not great um, at the four seed. So teams that have had one or two bad losses throughout the year. And I think this is going to be another one for the Providence Friars. I think Baylor Shireman's going to have a great game. And I think Henderson will have a great game plan for them to beat Ed Cooley and the Friars. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm right on my own here, but no, we got Friars. Um, a little scared by it, not going to lie. I'm very scared by it. But a, uh, a double-digit seed is made to the Sweet 16 in uh, 36 out of 38 tournaments. I think you're looking at a very, very possible option there in the Jackrabbits with the way they fill up. Sometimes they make their shots, but that team is going to be a hard, hard hit out. Um, looking at the 6-11, LSU-Iowa State. Two teams I absolutely hate going into this tournament. LSU, an extremely talented team. They just fired their coach, Will Wade. Uh, Iowa State has been a horrendous team the last two and a half months of the season. They were great in like January, early January. Uh, since then, they have been complete crap. Uh, they put up like 35 or 40 points in the last game of the year in regulation against Oklahoma State. It's ugly, really ugly. I think that LSU is probably going to – I think LSU could suffocate this team if they actually cared. I just don't know if they're going to care. I'll give I'll give the nod to Iowa State purely because they have a head coach. Uh, that's the only reason why I'm picking it because otherwise this LSU team is actually kind of talented and could cause some problems later on in the in the tournament, second third matchup. Uh, but no, give Iowa State. Yeah, um, I'm gonna go with LSU here. I think this is going to be a uh, Terry Eason versus Isaiah Brockington game. It's going to be whoever's best player um, plays the best, and I think it's going to be Terry. So give me LSU. Um, I'm not super confident in it. I don't know much about either of these teams. So, yeah, I, I really don't have either of these teams going far at all. So I got Iowa State. I think that the, the game will depend on Brockington, really. If Brockington shows up, it's Iowa State. But if not, it's LSU. But – um, without a head coach, I mean, it's kind of tough, but <laughs> I still got Iowa State. You just don't know how they're going to feel, Nate. Yep, I'm rolling with the Cyclones. Uh, they have a coach. That's my reasoning. <laughs> I'm right there with you. I mean, I maybe I'm maybe we're just looking at the wrong way, and they may be galvanized by not having. I don't know. Um, they may come out and play hot, and I'm serious. If they are Xavier Pinson and that squad can legitimately do some damage. Uh, watch out Wisconsin in that second round, I think, if 
that happens, if they played well that first game, I will be looking to uh, probably put some money on LSU in a second game. But no, I'll, I'll trust Iowa State in the first round and uh, see if LSU plays pretty well. Uh, that three fourteen game in that region, Wisconsin versus Colgate, uh, Big Ten regular season champs or co-champs in Wisconsin, playing a basically a home game. They're playing there in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, playing Colgate, uh, who gave Arkansas a run for their money last year. They still shoot the ball really well, solid team, but I think Wisconsin's got too much. Uh, I got Wisconsin. Agreed. I got I got Wisconsin here as well. I got them going far in the tournament. I think I have them in the Final Four and a few of my brackets I've made. Um, they are tested. They play in a Big Ten schedule. They played St. Mary's and Houston, both in the non-conference. Uh, Johnny Davis is an all-Big ten, all Ten player. Um, and Chucky Hepburn, Hepburn is leading that squad on, as the point guard and dishing out assists. I, I like them in, in basically a home game as well. So. Wisconsin. Yeah, I like go Wisconsin. Their their coaching staff they get they got tough chins. They're they're good at taking uh, overhead rights. So um, the team does roll with the punches. <laughs> yeah, uh, we've yeah we beat that horse to death that joke. But um, I like the Badgers here in round one. Yeah, but I got Wisco. All right, uh, USC Miami. USC is a team I am so. If I could sell on – if I could tell you to, to not buy on a single team, the team I hate the absolute most out of any halfway decent team coming into this this tournament, it is going to be USC. I absolutely hate them. I don't like a single thing that they've got. They're tall. That's about all they have going for them. I think that they're – no offense. I think they're kind of a terrible team. Uh, they played horrible down the stretch. I'm all on I'm all on Miami in this game. Guards, they're playing well right now. Uh, give me the Hurricanes. Yeah, I got Miami as well. I think they're hot right now and uh, carry over. I actually had USC, but after looking over my notes, I am changing this to Miami because USC hasn't played anyone this year. They play a really weak non-conference, and they play in the Pac-12, not a strong conference. So give me Miami. I'm rolling with USC solely because I fell for this last year, and I know they're a different team, but their height caused all sorts of problems for KU last year. And I know totally different situation. Miami's a different team, but I just because I just I got burned last year by um, just watching USC beat Kansas by 30 because just their length <laughs> causing all that issue. I'm not ready to say that that is a problem yet. Just after I watched what happened last year and. I know different situations, as I said, but um, just because of that, I'm going with USC. I'm currently changing all my brackets. That is hilarious that you had that you're changing your picks live off of your notes for this podcast. But I love it. Um, hey, we're live and real here. I know. Talk. We are live and real here on Clubhouse Talk. So, last but not least, and then we'll roll into our final four picks and get you guys out of here as we're going to have another hour and a half long bonanza podcast here for you guys here on the uh, game before day before March Madness, but Auburn 15 and a half point favorites, Jacksonville state, Auburn's a two seed, Jacksonville state 15. Uh, you know, Jacksonville state got in this tournament by default. Bellarmine actually won their conference tournament. They were coming from D two. They're in a probation period. They cannot go to the NCAA tournament. 
so it results all the way back to the regular season champs in Jacksonville State. Um, they can shoot the ball really well from three. If I had to pick a two fifteen game to go down, this would probably be the one I'd pick the most. I hate all the other ones. I think all the other ones get rolled. I don't think Auburn's going to have that big of an issue with it. But if I had to pick one, it'd be this one. But I still got Auburn big. Um, it would only be if uh, Jacksonville State just just was berserk from three. Uh, Walker Kessler, uh, Jabari Davis, too much handle. Wardam. Auburn big, for sure. Yep, I like Auburn too. You know, just, uh, yeah, Jabari Smith is just an absolute, he, he's a unicorn. I mean, we use that term a lot, you know, talk about Chet Holmgren, but um, I think Jabari Smith is much more intriguing just with the way he can shoot it and just, just more, much more physically developed as a 18, 19 year old. It's, it's wild. Um, he's super fun to watch. So, uh, yeah, I'm going with Auburn. All right. I'm going to pick. Oh, sorry. My bad. You get your pick. It's okay. No. Out of spite. Yeah. Out of spite. All right. Cool. Um, final four picks. Ryan, who you got? <laughs> All right. So honestly, any team that you put in the final four, there's a chance this year. Honestly, like it's without a doubt going to be a wild, wild tournament. But I got Gonzaga, Vatek, who's gonna keep it rolling. Yes. And then it's I got because they knocked on the first round. No, they won't. I promise you they will not. Actually, I shouldn't promise because I honestly don't know. But Tennessee. And KU. I like it. Nate? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going pretty chalky here. Um, and so I expect this all to burn. Um, <laughs> maybe, not this, maybe not this weekend, but next weekend. But uh, yeah, Gonzaga, Kentucky, Tennessee, KU. Brett? Oh, boy. Uh, I was trying to figure out which bracket I want to give you out because I've made so many of them, but we're going to go with Gonzaga, Purdue, Villanova, and Wisconsin. I want to say thank you to Nate and Ryan for having more guts than what I have to do on my own podcast. Um, you know, as I told Brett last week, Tennessee was not one of the SEC tournament. They did. Maybe it's good karma if I don't pick my own team. Who knows? Um, I ain't about to break that here. I ain't about to walk on here after that performance last week and uh, tell you that, that Tennessee's winning it all because uh, I'm not about to, to fall flat on my face for my boys. I do like them a lot. Um, I really hope you guys are right, and I'm going to be taking myself a trip to New Orleans in three weekends. I really hope so. But I've got Texas Tech, Kentucky, Arizona, Kansas is what I've got. Um, I think Texas Tech is the best team that we've got to beat Gonzaga this year. If you look at the whole field, I think Texas Tech is the one to get a time who's going to be a team to do it. I think they've got the right, I think they got the exact carbon copy makeup you want. Hard defensive team. They're not going to let Gonzaga to get out and run on them. They've already played Gonzaga this year. Huge benefit to them. Um, enough points to be able to keep up with them, but yeah, 
So I, I have to stand out a little bit, and that's going to be my uh, – that's my big one, and that's the uh, the Red Raiders. I like this team a lot this year. Very, very high on them. National champions, let's hear them. I did have Gonzaga, but my family's big on KU, which is kind of weird considering I'm a West Virginia fan, so we kind of go at it back and forth all year long. But I'm going to go with KU. It's going to depend on David McCormick and how he plays, but – all right, KU. Yeah, I think I – yeah, my final four match of, of Gonzaga and Kentucky, whoever wins that is my national champion. Um, I think I think those are the two best teams in my eyes right now. Um, but uh, at the end of the day, I'm, I'm rolling with the Zags. Uh, I think they're just – the people that were there last year, you know, Timmy, uh, you know, they got a bad taste in their mouth and they want redemption and they have some new – uh, some new weapons to help make that happen in Holmgren um, and some role players, Salas off the bench. And I like uh, Gonzaga. If Gonzaga doesn't get it done this year, they are not getting it done. Agreed. Yep. Agreed. Because they what, lost two natties now, right? They lost to North Carolina and then they lost to Baylor last year. Yes. They lost two national championships. Um, this is the best team that they have had, in my opinion. This team's better than last year. If you had to ask me, um, so yeah, it'll get it done this year. I've got no faith in Gonzaga ever for the history of the tournament. I will never pick. Gonzaga. I still won't because of all the previous poor success that they've had. And uh, hopefully they prove me wrong. I, I would like to see them get one finally for all the years that they've gotten close. But uh, I've got Zona. I think that this is the best team. It's all good. I hope that Kerr's ankle is well enough to play. I hope that they did the right thing resting him last week and that it started to heal up and give him another couple of weeks. I think they've got some easy matchups first couple of rounds, easy-ish matchup the first weekends, and uh, can get themselves sweet 16 without too much trouble. I realize that means they have to beat my boys in Tennessee. I don't necessarily like the fact that we're going to – if we have to play them again. So for, as a Tennessee fan – I really want them gone because I don't want to see Arizona again. We beat them once. I don't know if we can beat them a second time. We beat them at home. Two of their players were out, and we got every call imaginable. In that game, we won by four. <laughs> so I hope that they get knocked quickly. We'll put it that way. Brent, who you got? Um, I got the winner of the semi of the semifinal game between uh, Gonzaga and Purdue. So which one is it, Gonzaga or Purdue? Whoever wins the semifinal, I, I, it's a toss-up to me. Um, my gut says Gonzaga because I think Mark Few will get it done at some point, and I don't see that happening with any other team than this. So actually, give, give me Gonzaga. There you go. We got a live pick, live Brett pick, hot off the stove. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. So we're gonna we're gonna lock and rock and roll with it. Uh, we've been here on an hour and a half for you guys. We've, we've broken down every single game in the first round. We'll probably, I remember last year, we got smoked in the first round. Hopefully we do a lot better for you guys. Uh, if you're sitting here listening to this, it's probably after your brackets are already filled out, but who knows? Uh, maybe it'll help you make some betting picks or something else or just something to watch for in the games, and we'll see how well we do, boys. Um, you guys got uh, anything else or any other, any other hot topics you want to talk about before we wrap it on up? I'll just say pick with your heart this year. I love it. Dang, bro, that's deep. He's saying that just for me. He's pointing right at me as he says that. And, uh, 
Yeah. I love you, boys. All right. Nate, Brett? I mean, just as John Rothstein says, it's not anarchy. It's just college basketball. And so I think just preparing all of our hearts for our brackets to burn. Because um, I think uh, all the analysts that they all usually – take pride in knowing what they're talking about. The consensus this year is nobody knows what's going to happen. Even the people that get paid millions of dollars to talk about this sport. So uh, I think it's just going to be fun and um, can't wait to see what happens. Yeah. Also to quote John Rothstein, Omaha, somewhere in the middle of America. Don't count the Jays out. He's got some good ones. That's for sure. Um, All right, boys. Well, good stuff. I'm, I can't wait. This next three weeks is the best three weeks of the year. Um, it's a it's it's a sprint and it's a marathon at the same time. Uh, these this weekend is absolute college basketball overload. Um, I'm sorry for everybody out there that is working the next two days. I will be right there alongside of you. I'm mostly saying sorry to everybody's bosses and employers because your employees are doing jack squat the next two days, and you can just accept it. So. Let's all have a great time. Let's watch some great basketball. And uh, we'll be back at you next week to see how dumb we were and uh, make some more picks for the Sweet 16 Elite Eight.